Hey everyone, and welcome back to True Crime Cases. I'm your host, Allison Mendes, and today I am going to be covering the ongoing investigation into the disappearance of five-year-old Summer Wells. Okay, guys, so today we are diving into the disappearance of Summer Wells, a five-year-old girl who vanished from her family's home in rural East Tennessee on June 15th of this year. Now, Summer is one of four children. She has three brothers. Uh, Her father's name is Don Wells, and her mother's name is Candace Bly. Now, Candace did an interview with the press on what played out the day that Summer went missing. And basically, on June 15th, Candace's mother, who also lives on the property, and her name is also Candace, which can be a little bit confusing, but she is Summer's grandmother. Um, She lives on the property with the rest of the family. Uh, She lives in a separate trailer on the property. And she went to the hospital for knee pain that morning. And Candace was responsible for picking her mother back up from the hospital. And when she was leaving to pick her mother back up, she knew she had some errands to run. So she took Summer with her and left Summer's three um, brothers home by themselves to what she said. She said they were cleaning the house um, while Don, their father, was at work. At about 10.30 a.m., Summer and Candace stopped by a family friend's house to pick up a 15-year-old boy named Hunter to go with them to run these errands. Now, after picking up Hunter, they went to Candace, uh, they went to go pick up Candace's mother, and then they drove to Walgreens to drop off her mother's prescription. And while they waited for the prescription to be filled, Candace took Summer and Hunter to a swimming spot that was nearby. And this swimming stop had been planned the whole time. And this is the reason why Hunter decided to join them for the day. Now, after leaving the swimming spot, I think Candace said that they were there for maybe 20 minutes or something. Um, They picked up the prescription from Walgreens. And then I believe they stopped at the local grocery store as well. And I know they picked up some milk and they might've picked up um, a few other things. I'm not quite sure about that. Now, Hunter was dropped back off at his house around 2.30 p.m. And um, his mother, Allie, Hunter's mother, Allie, told Unmasked in an interview that Summer was asleep at this time in the back of the truck. Um, She said that when she went over to talk to Candace, she was like, oh, you know, she must have had a long day. And she said she said this because normally even if Summer was sleeping, when she heard Allie's voice, she would wake up and she would want to get out of the truck and greet her, say hello um, and whatnot. And um, 
and she didn't this day. And there is a photo slash like a few second long video floating around of Summer in the back seat asleep on the milk jugs that they actually got at the store. And I'll get into that picture in just a few minutes. But basically, Candace said that when they returned home after dropping off Hunter, her Summer and Summer's grandmother decided to plant some flowers outside. Now, after a little while, she said that Summer wanted to go inside, so she walked her back up to the house and told her three sons, Summer's brothers, who were either watching TV or they were on the internet, um, to keep an eye on their sister and that she would be back. Now, Candace said she returned back to the house within two minutes and asked the boys where Summer was. At this time, they told her that Summer had wanted to go play with her toys and that she had gone down to the family's basement. But when Candace called for Summer, she did not respond. She didn't come to her. And when she went down to the basement, Summer was nowhere to be found. So that is the story as far as Candace told it to the press. A lot of information gets murky at this point, or maybe it's just not available to the public, and there's a few things that don't quite add up. Um, that could be simply because we don't have all the facts. Because it is an ongoing investigation, although I have seen law enforcement say that there are still details surrounding Summer's disappearance in that kind of time frame that they're not they're not completely clear on even to this day, which is almost a, a full month later, um, which is concerning. So back to the timeline at 6.30 p.m. on June 15th, Summer was reported missing, but not by Candace. Dawn was actually the one who called and reported her missing. And it's not really made by like clear by Candace if what the exact timeline is from when they get home from picking her mother up to when they start planting the flowers because they would have realistically gotten home at around 3.15 to 3.30-ish. I know that Hunter's house is 45 minutes from their home. So if he was dropped off at 2.30, they would get home around 3.15, 3.20, 3.30 if we're, you know, giving some extra time cushion in there. So it's not clear if they began planting flowers right away or if they waited a little while. Um, I've seen the photos online of the flowers that they did plant. Um, I'll put that on our social media so you guys can see it too. But the picture that I saw of the flowers, it's nothing that would take two or three hours to plant um, in my personal opinion. Um, so that whole timeline gets murky. So I'm not sure why Dawn was the one to call and report Summer missing. Because I'm not sure exactly what time Candace realized she was missing to the time when Dawn got home from work that day. Now, dispatch audio was released to the public where one of the officers can be heard over the radio um, talking to the to another officer saying that Summer was reported missing after her mother returned from a walk and couldn't find her. 
Now that makes it sound like it was a lot longer than just two minutes. And Candace has stated since this audio has been released that she was not on a walk. That um, I guess she was back within two minutes and that was all. Um, that was the maximum amount of time that Summer was out of her sights. And so apparently Summer must have gone missing literally in a two minute time span. So this report from the officer could just be early on misinformation, a mistake, maybe a mix up in communication because Dawn is the one who made the phone call, but wasn't home exactly when Summer went missing. So it just could have been a little mix up. I'm not quite sure. Now, both Dawn and Candace have been very vocal that they believe that Summer was lured away from the property and kidnapped. They don't see any other option. They absolutely believe that she was abducted. Now, the TBI did release a statement saying that they had received information that a Toyota pickup truck was seen in the area of Beach Creek Road and Ben Hill Road in the late afternoon to early evening, either Monday, June 14th, or Tuesday, June 15th. They said the pickup is possibly a 1998 to 2000 maroon or red Toyota Tacoma with a full bed ladder rack along with white buckets in the truck bed. And they did ask for the driver of the vehicle to come forward, but they also stressed the owner of the vehicle is not a suspect and that they simply believe that the driver might be a witness to whatever may have happened to Summer that afternoon. Um, and so they have asked for that driver to come forward and as of right now they no one has come forward um claiming to be the driver of that truck now many people have speculated as to how likely an abduction is in this case Law enforcement itself has come forward and said that there is no evidence that points towards an abduction. Um, The family's home is located in a really rural area. So if someone were to come and abduct Summer, it would have to be with that intent. It it wouldn't, it's not really an area in which someone might be in an urban setting in a large neighborhood and there's a kid outside playing that they snatch up. It's not really a crime of opportunity area. Um, it would have to be pretty premeditated. And um, on top of that, the family reportedly owns around 20 dogs. So they don't get their dogs spayed or neutered. And because of that, they tend to reproduce. That's why they own so many. But Allie, the family friend, did say that the dogs were very vocal. She said if someone was driving up the driveway it's a super long driveway I'll put a picture of that on social media as well but she said if someone were to be driving up the driveway that those dogs would just be going off barking and if um, they recognize the person when they got up and out of the car then everything would be fine but if they don't recognize you she said that it would be an issue and the dogs could become very aggressive now when they asked her if the dogs maybe had any aggression problems towards the kids um, Allie said absolutely not that they were really protective of the children. Um, So she said that she just finds it odd that no one heard the dogs going off if someone abducted Summer that day. And I find that odd too, with 20 outside dogs, you know, on like a rural property setting, 
If no one heard the dogs barking, I find it really, really weird. Whether the, whether you're familiar to the family or not, even arriving onto the property from below at the um, base of the driveway, they would still be alerted that someone was coming. They might not know who you are yet, but they would still be alerted. And someone would hear those dogs barking. The three boys were home. Summer was home. Candace and her mother were all home. So I find that probably to be the most interesting in that scenario to me personally. There is another scenario that people have been floating around. Um, I don't know where the rumor itself began, but there were reports that earlier that day when they were all at the swimming hole, that summer was under the water for an extended period of time. And I saw a few people report that it was for like a minute, um, which is a really long time for a five-year-old. That's highly unlikely. Um, Candace later, I think, said that she was only under the water for 10 to 15 seconds. And it's not clear what this was about. It's very confusing to me why this is even a topic because if you're swimming like you're going to go under the water at some point I would assume so it makes me wonder if maybe Summer slipped on something and fell um, or what the basis for that being an issue or topic worthy at all was um, but regardless of that it left some speculation as to whether Summer could have suffered from something called secondary drowning and that happens if water gets into the lungs themselves. It can irritate your lungs, um, the lining of your lungs, and fluid can build up, causing um, a condition called pulmonary edema. And you're likely to notice your child having breathing trouble right away, and it's usually going to get a lot worse over the next 24 hours. Now, this condition is very rare and only accounts for about 1-2% to of all drownings. Um, But you know, I wasn't there that day at the swimming hole, so I'm not sure, but a lot of people, this is where that picture of summer asleep in the back of the truck comes to play, um, where a lot of people were speculating as to whether or not summer was even alive in that photo, whether maybe she had, you know, fell victim to secondary drowning and she wasn't actually sleeping. She had actually passed away at that point. So that's where the rumors surrounding that, um, come, come through. And I'll post that picture on our social media as well. And they did. So on the unmasked on YouTube, did an interview with Allie, who's the family friend. And she, they did ask her what she thought, because she obviously saw, um, summer in the back of the truck sleeping when they dropped her son back off at the house. And she said that once she kind of read that stuff that she herself actually, had wondered if maybe that was a possibility. She didn't say for sure. She didn't say she didn't touch Summer. Um, She didn't exactly get a sign of life from Summer as far as Summer didn't move when she was in front of her, didn't wake up or anything like that, but she didn't touch Summer to see if she's still warm, nothing like that. So it's all very much speculation um, at this point.
Now, the TBI and the FBI are both currently assisting local law enforcement in the search for Summer. Um, The search has not been easy. The terrain in that area um, that Summer went missing in is extremely dense and the cell service is very sparse. Law enforcement has stated that the lack of service has made it increasingly difficult for all of the different agencies working on the case to stay in constant communication and regularly update each other with, you know, tips that are coming in. I know they've received like over 500 tips. Um, Even getting radio signal down there is very, um, very difficult for them. So I know that the search has has been very extensive, um, but it has also been very, very difficult. And um, Hawkins County Sheriff Ronnie Lawson did come forward when he did a press release and he said, you know, that they haven't, obviously they haven't found anything yet on the search. He, you know, named all the issues that they've kind of been having. And during that, he did say that the parents were cooperating with law enforcement. Um, But when he was asked about possible problems within the home prior to Summer's disappearance, he declined to answer those questions. And Oh, a lot of people were wondering maybe why they weren't executing any search warrants. I haven't seen anything about a search warrant pop up in this case. And I think that that's probably because the parents have been cooperating with law enforcement so much. I know they've searched, I believe they've searched the home and the property and everything like that. Um, So they haven't necessarily needed to execute a search warrant if everyone is already willing to cooperate with them. But that being said, I do want to dive into the parents' background because there is a lot there. Um, I want to preface this by saying that there's, I'm going to talk about uh, criminal past for both of the parents, which are obviously crimes that have been proven. Um, But there is also stuff in here that is speculation from family members and things like that. Um, And I want to just start by saying that I'm giving this information simply because I think it's worth noting Um, in no way shape or form am I insinuating that the parents are guilty of anything in this situation I just think that knowing um, the family's past usually helps with understanding a case and if I didn't give you guys all the information then I would kind of feel like I wasn't really doing what I'm supposed to be doing so Let's get into the parents' background. According to Michael Ruiz reporting for Fox News, Don Wells, the father, has multiple multiple violent felonies involving drugs and burglaries in Arkansas, Utah, and Texas, for which he has served prison time. He has also been cited several times for parole violations. Um, when Don was asked about his crimes in an interview with Kingsport Times News, he declined to get into detail about the charges, um, but instead decided to say that he had found God in prison and that he wanted to change for the better. Um, however, in October of 2020, he was arrested again for domestic assault and driving drunk up his own driveway. Um, He was called on for domestic assault, and when the police arrived, they found him driving up his driveway intoxicated, and they also found a pistol in the glove box of his truck, uh, which he's not allowed to own because he is a felon. Um, After this incident, Candace and the children were granted an order of protection after she wrote that, quote, 
He drinks and throws things. I am afraid of being hurt. He is abusive physically and mentally towards me. I am afraid for my children and myself. My mother fears he is going to hurt her because she is staying in her camper on the property, end quote. However, less than a week after Candace gave this statement, um, according to the same reporting by Michael for Fox News um, and court documents to back this up, the two had apparently made up because the domestic charge was dropped. And I know he later pleaded guilty to the uh, driving while intoxicated and um, probably a parole violation for the um, pistol. But um, there was also some really troubling information surfacing about Dawn from his younger sister on Facebook. And before I read all of this, I want to give a trigger warning that we are going to get into some child sexual abuse here. Um, So if you don't want to hear this part, I would skip forward a few more minutes. Um, This is a long statement that she gave herself, and I'm going to read it word for word. Um, This is the part that I wanted to really state that there are no criminal charges against Dawn for these accusations, um, but I do find them to be relevant and I wanted to include them in this episode. Um, So Dawn's sister posted to a Facebook group um, that she was sexually abused by her brother starting at a very young age. And I found this information on a YouTube channel for Eva Lynn. Um, I'll link that below. Um, But she covered this case on her YouTube. And so I found some interesting information from her on there. Um, If you guys want to go watch her full video. But I'm going to read you guys the sister's statement word for word. It is really long. So just um, bear with me here. She said, quote, I am one of the people who Donnie, Donald Walls, sexually abused. For me, it started when I was four years old and lasted until he first went to prison when I was around 10. Donald's niece made some posts about this and is now getting backlash and was told by the patriarch of our family that she is no longer allowed to be in or a part of the family for dragging his name through the mud. He is... Sorry. He's denying any of this happened, even though at the time it was not only addressed, but witnessed more than once. A lot of you ask questions like, if this happened, then why isn't he in jail? Why wasn't he arrested? This right here is exactly why. There is a lot of abuse in our family history, not solely surrounded by Donnie, but it seems like it's become the norm to just not talk about it, don't tell anyone, sweep it under the rug type of mentality. All my daughter was trying to do was break the cycle and stand up for what's right in hopes that it could possibly give clues to Summer's disappearance. I'm not sure why so many choose to look the other way in instances like this, but they do. As far as the abuse, drug use, babies with diapers so dirty they were full of maggots, all completely true. Just for clarity, I'm talking about his first son and daughter who are now in their 30s. I'm going to take a break from this really quick. She is referring to... Two children from who are Dawn's, not Candace's. This is this is not referring to any children of Candace. This was a previous woman that Dawn was involved with. Um, let's see. And then, okay, so then she continues on. Some of you ask why nothing was done, why the kids weren't taken away. Donnie was never one to stay in one place for long, but the majority of the years his two oldest children were growing up, he was in Utah. We all knew they were misfit parents. They would come to my parents and visit a lot and also lived there off and on. 
and Candace herself has a record of domestic abuse, most recently in 2003 in the state of Wisconsin. The report um, didn't state who the victim was, but I know she pled guilty to it, and she pled guilty to an order uh, or a charge of disorderly conduct as well. In addition to her criminal record, I know that Allie, um, the family friend, did mention when she was doing her interview on YouTube with Unmasked that she had um, witnessed firsthand abuse from Candace towards the children on more than one occasion. Um, but she did say that she had not witnessed any abuse between Dawn and Candace. She said she had heard of it, um, maybe from Candace. I know they were friends, um, but that she personally had seen Candace abuse the children. Um, just as a disclaimer right there, everyone's everyone's um, idea of child abuse is different. Um, some parents believe in spanking and others don't. Some people think spanking your children is child abuse. There are different levels, So, and she doesn't really clarify exactly. She says that Candace would chase them around with a belt, um, but that's all she really says. So I don't want um, it to seem like I am saying that she physically witnessed her beating the crap out of the kids because that's not what she said she used the word abuse that's her word what that means to her is not made completely clear in this video um she did though also disclose that the day that summer disappeared candace had provided her 15 year old son hunter with an alcoholic beverage and purchased um some nicotine vape pens for him as well which that is definitely inappropriate um it seems she did this without Ali's permission um i think he, she gave him a twisted tea was the alcohol alcoholic beverage that she was referring to it's not made clear how um the amount of alcohol he was given i know Ali said that when he got home he was um coherent he was fine he was talking normal he wasn't slurring or stumbling he was walking normal so it couldn't have been much, but she did provide him with alcohol, and he did tell his mom about that. Um, another controversy that has surrounded Don and Candace is the way that they refer to Summer. Um, in interviews, they always refer to her as in the past tense, um, which for a lot of people is is pretty troubling. Um, Dawn went so far as to say in a recent interview, statistically speaking, there's a good chance she's already dead. I hate to think that. I love her with all my heart. If nothing else, I'll see her in the resurrection. As long as I keep the commandments and do what I'm supposed to do, I'll see her. Um, so this might seem like a red flag to a lot of people, but I'm just going to say because you know there is nothing showing that the parents did anything at this point that there is no baseline for grief everyone reacts differently to situations and while most parents that we're used to seeing with missing children in the press are distraught and um you know still holding out hope even some decades after their child has gone missing that's not really how you can expect everyone to react you can't expect anyone to react any certain way um, I did watch the behavior panel cover this interview and they made a good point saying that sometimes your background has a lot to do with how hopeful you might remain in a situation like this. If you feel like you've been on the wrong side of luck your whole life or you've been dealt, you know, a more difficult hand of cards and your life just hasn't 
you're one of those people that maybe things just don't work out for frequently, then they said you might you might lose hope more quickly than others who maybe have had better outcomes in situations in their lives. Um, and that makes sense. And to, you know, push that point home a little bit more, it's worth noting that Candace's sister, Rosemarie Bly, was um, also reported missing on August 21st of 2009 in Polk County, Wisconsin. And she has never been found, like nothing at all. And she's still missing to this day. Um, No connections have been made between the two cases at this point. I just want to make that clear between her case and Summer's case. Um, But I think that that could really play into the parents' outlook on their daughter. Um, And Don said as much to uh, News Channel 11 when he was asked about his missing sister-in-law. He said, quote, she disappeared without a trace. They haven't found anything. They haven't found a body, nothing. When you see cases like that, that's why I lose hope in summer, you know. I want to keep hope, but sometimes I just lose hope and I think, well, maybe we'll never see her again, end quote. So that might be a better insight into their mentality on this situation. I know a lot of people maybe can't relate to that, but just in the hopes, you always hope that the parents have nothing to do with their children's disappearance, obviously, and with no proof stating that they have, you want to you want to keep that that hope alive. Um, and of course, you want them to find her safely. But I just want to make it clear that you know all of these things might seem strange and out of place, but with no proof as of now, I don't want to jump to any sort of conclusion blaming them for anything. Um, I would just feel terrible about that if something came out later and they had absolutely nothing to do with it. So, um, both Candace and Dawn have taken polygraph tests. Um, according to Dawn, he said he had to wait about two days to take the test. He said due to a lack of sleep and the most, the emotional toll that it had taken on him, um, he had to wait, but he did take it and he said he passed and he said Candace had to wait an extra five days to take her test. He said she initially tried, but wasn't able to. I don't know what that means. Um, so he said that she wasn't able to, and they made her wait a few more days. And then she came back and took it, and he said that she passed as well. Um, I did hear from Allie that she actually failed the first polygraph test. Apparently, she called Hunter when she failed it and said that she had to go back and take another one because she had failed the test. Um, but that's all hearsay, so I just wanted to include that. Um, Dawn also said that Candace's mother took a polygraph test and passed and that Summer's three little brothers had um, been taken to specialists for questioning. I'm assuming they took them to some sort of child psychologist to question them about this situation. Um, So that's all for the polygraphs. I know law enforcement hasn't come forward to corroborate whether or not anyone has passed any of these lie detector tests. I know that they're not exactly reliable tests, so I don't know how much weight you can really hold on that, but it always is something that's interesting to know the results of. Um, as of right now, law enforcement hasn't revealed, um, how those tests went to anyone. So, 
Um, the Hawkins County Sheriff did a press release just a few days ago, and they said that there are currently no people of interest in the disappearance of Summer, but that everyone is being looked into. Um, law enforcement has done extensive searches in the area with no traces. Uh, canine units reportedly went to Summer's home, and they did have her sent outside of the home, but they did not track her leaving the driveway or any any trails up to the back of the house or anything of that nature. Summer is three feet tall. She weighs about 40 pounds. She has short blonde hair that was recently cut, almost like a little boy's haircut. Um, and she was last seen wearing a pink shirt and gray shorts. Anyone with information regarding Summer or her whereabouts is asked to call 911 immediately or contact the TBI at 1-800-TBI-FIND, which is 1-800-824-3463, or email them at tips2tbi at tn.gov. There is a reward currently sitting at $37,350 that is being offered. And that is all for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. You can find all of my sources for this episode in the show notes. I will be posting several photos pertaining to this case on our social media. You can find this podcast on Instagram at True Crime Cases Pod, on Twitter at TC Cases Pod, and on Facebook at True Crime Cases Podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, please don't forget to hit subscribe. And if you have time, please, please leave us a review. It helps so much more than you guys know. It really helps push this podcast out to new people so that they can find it. Um, And I really, really appreciate it. As always, thank you so much for listening. And I will be back next Tuesday with a brand new case.